You can turn your Bibles to the book of Mark. Mark, chapter 10. I was going to play a joke on, uh, on Bill and give you a different passage. Because <laughs> he, uh, he, he studied up and got ready for the service and I gave him a wrong one. But no, we, we're in Mark chapter 10, just like I told you. Yeah, he would be ready. Uh, but yeah, Mark chapter 10 tonight. I want you to follow along as I read our text this evening. This is a familiar passage of scripture for those that have been in church for any length of time. We have here the story of blind Bartimaeus. He says here in Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse number 46, reading down through verse number 52, he says, And they came to Jericho, and as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that It was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casteth away his garment, rose, and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might have, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. We have here this story of blind Bartimaeus. Tonight I'm going to preach to you a message that was shared with me, a older pastor. He's no longer pastoring, finished his years of ministry. He might have, I haven't heard from him a number of years, he might have gone home to be with the Lord. But he pastored not too far from here up in Pennsylvania. And this seed thought was, was given to me by him, the outline's mine, but uh, the original thought was his. And The idea I want to share with you tonight is how to get out of a rut. How to get out of a rut. Someone has said that the rut is a grave with the ends knocked out. I know we've all heard that. Beloved, a rut is something that's made into a road or a path that's well-traveled. As we cover the same ground over and over again, a rut is formed. It happens sometimes without even realizing it until all of a sudden you find yourself in a rut, in in a deep part of the terrain. We enjoy going through the ruts on the four-wheelers, you know, especially when they're full of water and mud. That's that's fun. You go through it throwing mud and dirt everywhere, and that's a good time. Those ruts get formed, especially when it's wet and you're driving across that same path. There's not maybe somewhere else to go and It gets deeper and deeper, but you can get hung up in a rut. You can get stuck in a rut. And sometimes life is the same way. We find ourselves in a rut. We're on this road of life and we're headed in a particular direction and maybe not even meaning to, but we've established a pattern or a habit that has turned into a rut. You know, 
I praise God for good habits. Don't, don't belittle or begrudge a good habit. I mean, I praise God that for those of you that are in church tonight, it's because you've made it a habit. You've made it a, a part of your life, a, a pattern that, that you've decided that you're going to be in church on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Thursday night. It's a, it's a pattern. It's a habit of life. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do with myself on a Sunday night if I wasn't in God's house. I mean, sometimes when I'm homesick, nothing against all you people that are homesick tonight, but sometimes when I'm homesick, I feel backslidden. I feel like, man, this isn't right. And listen, if you got to be homesick, I mean, that, don't bring it to church. Don't share with everybody. You're doing right. Stay there. Uh, you know, but let me encourage you. You know, there's two ways to be when you're homesick. You can be homesick and you can be uh, getting the house clean. You can be homesick and you can be uh, working on everything and getting the laundry done and washing the dishes and cleaning the house. And, oh, the service is playing in the background. Or you can be homesick and say, hey, I'm sad I'm missing church, but at least I get to watch it. I praise God for the live stream that still allows those that are sick to be able to be part of the service. What a, what a blessing that is for, for me and, and all of us when that time comes. My wife reminded me, I had forgotten all about it, but last December I got really sick and had to miss a Sunday, which is very rare. I, I, I'll preach sick. I mean, you know, what it was a week, little over a week ago, I preached just after oral surgery, you know. So I'll, I'll preach sick as long as I can stay away from people. But that, I was way too sick and I had to stay home and, and that's hard on me. I mean, I feel like, man, why? Because it's a habit of life. It's, it's a pattern. And I would encourage you to have some good habits. Have some good habits and, and incorporate those. And let those guide you, but we've got to be careful that it doesn't just become a rut. That it doesn't just become something that we're doing out of habit instead of something that we love and enjoy. We get into a rut and we see that things should change, that our spirit isn't right, that we become lackadaisical or careless We've lost all of our ambition and our drive. We lost our vision for the future. You know, a sign of being in a rut is that you've lost your vision. When you first took the Sunday school class, you, you had vision. You, you had a goal. You thought, man, we're going to grow this class, and these kids are going to learn this, and they're going to learn this, and they're going to learn that. And you have all these ideas of what you could do. But then over time, yeah, you're still showing up for class. You're still there to teach but have you gotten into a rut? You're just traveling down that same road. Yes, you're still doing some good things and we praise God for it, but you got to be careful that you don't fall into a rut. We know things should be different, but we don't change it. Ruts are dangerous, beloved, because they become points of comfort. A rut becomes a comfort zone that we've found ourselves in and we begin to relax and in our heart we know something should change but nobody really likes change. We don't really enjoy change. Our flesh fights against change. The devil fights against change. So we just stay in our rut. The question tonight is, are you in a rut and how can you get out of it? How can you break out of the rut that you've allowed yourself to get into? The story in our text here is about the miraculous healing of a blind man. 
The obvious application is one of salvation. You see this blind man who has no hope of healing himself, no hope of any deliverance, but he comes to Jesus, and Jesus provides that. But the extended application is to the believer that change is possible, that healing is possible, that God can bring about fruit in your life. Bartimaeus, beloved, had been blind a long time. We don't know how long, possibly all of his life. But he had been blind long enough, beloved, to become comfortable with his blindness. How many of you have seen somebody that doesn't have any arms and how proficient they can be with their, their feet. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's mind-boggling what they can do with their, with their toes. They can sign their name and, you know, they can, they can drink. I saw one guy, he could button his own shirt with his toes. I mean, how in the world? I mean, what he, they, they have learned, they have adapted, they have become comfortable living in a way that for you and I, we look at and say, man, it's impossible. How can you live that way? I think that probably blind Bartimaeus had been living as a blind person long enough that they're comfortable with it. I'm sure Bob and Carol are watching the services tonight, and aren't they just a testimony? It's just amazing what, what they do in service for God and their willingness to, to get in and be involved and be a part and... and how well they live their life and, and handle things, even though they're blind. I like walking up to Bob and saying, man, Bob, that purple suit is awesome. <laughs> yeah, he knows he ain't wearing purple, but uh, it, it's fun messing with them that they have such a great spirit. But you know, that you can get comfortable even in a situation that's hard. Blind Bartimaeus probably had been blind long enough that he could have just been comfortable. He could have been used to his blindness. But he heard about a man that could make a difference. And here's the critical factor, beloved. Although he was comfortable in his blindness, he was no longer content to remain there. You might be comfortable in your rut. You might be comfortable in how things are kind of just flowing and, and you're serving in your ministries and you're fulfilling your duties and you're doing what you know God wants you to do and you're kind of in your, you're in your place. But you know you're in a rut. You're comfortable. But beloved, we ought not be content to stay there. He knew that he needed a change and he had heard about this man named Jesus that could bring about change for him. And he was ready to break out of his rut. If you're going to break out of your rut, I'm going to give you three things tonight. First of all, you need to identify your rut. You need to, be, you need to identify it. You got to figure out where it is and where you're stuck. Artemis, when he had heard that Jesus, the Jesus of Nazareth, was there. You know, he says, hey, he began to cry out to him, have mercy on me. Jesus says to him, what will that I should do unto thee? 
The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Beloved, you know that Jesus knew that this man was blind? You see, Jesus knows what we need before we ask him for it. He knows the answer before we ask the question. But Jesus wants us to ask. He says, you have not because you ask not. Jesus wants to express our faith in him by coming to him and saying, hey, just blind Bartimaeus going to him and saying, hey, what you can do for me is give me sight. Now, I've been asking my wife for a million dollars since the day we got married. (laughs) She still has not come through. She's working on it, though, one coupon at a time. <laughs> She's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save you that much money in, my, in our lifetime, and I'll get, I'll get your million dollars through the coupons. I, hey, I'm all for it. Amen. I'm glad she does it. But, you know, I, I talked to her about that. She's like, you know, can I get you anything? And I'll say a million bucks. That's just a joke, though. You know, but when we come to Jesus, it's an expression of our faith that we believe he can do it when we're asking him for it. This blind man said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jesus says, tell me, tell me what your need is. Do you know that you have a need tonight? Do you find yourself in a rut? Do you find yourself in a, in just going through the motions and maybe, maybe functioning off a habit and praise God for good habits, but you've lost the passion and you've lost the drive? Don't they say, beloved, that admitting you have a problem is half the battle? Why is it that we are so resistant to admit we have a need? I mean, one of the hardest challenges of being a witness, of getting somebody to trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior, is that you have to get them lost first. You have to get them to realize that they have a need that they are currently standing before a thrice holy God, a sinner, condemned, currently under the judgment of God. And until they come to that realization, they don't think they need Jesus. They don't think they need forgiven. And you've you got to get them to the place where they realize they have a need. But how many of us Christians have been saved for 5, 10, 15, 50 years, whatever it might be? How long has it been since we've had a need? talking about a real spiritual need from God. I know we have our needs list. I know we have our prayer list, the things that we want God to do. But I'm talking about in our heart and in our life that we saw a deficiency and we said, God, I need you to do something about this. I need you, Lord, to meet this spiritual challenge in my life. It's amazing how Men are willing to rely on their self-righteousness. The average rut-riding Christian says, I'm okay. And is willing, is content to just continue down that same road. I don't know if you've ever been hung up in a rut. I have. You've got to realize that you're there, realize there's a problem before you can have the ability or even attempt to do something about it. God knows, beloved, where we're at, and he knows we have need, but have you realized it? 
Are you willing to come to him? Are you willing to cry out to him? Has the Holy Spirit been prodding you? Has the Holy Spirit been talking to you and saying, Hey, hey, deal with this. Change this. And we say, Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I'm just going to keep going like I'm going. You're just going to stay in the rut? In that grave with the ends knocked out of it? Has God been prodding you? Has the Lord been speaking to your heart and you've been ignoring his call? Half the battle, beloved, is admitting that you have a problem. Identifying the rut. Is there some place in your life, and I don't know what it is, and we could talk about situations in our lives and we could apply it to different circumstances. Listen, I I go here a lot, but this is something that Satan's doing all he can to destroy our homes. And one of the problems between a husband's and wife and their relationship is the fact that they get into a rut. They just get into a rut and things are, they, they, things are functioning. Things are rolling on like they always have. And day after day after day, this is life. And we're just living it that way. And you're into a rut in your relationship. And if you aren't careful, you're going to end up in a wreck. You got to recognize it and say, man, we're in a rut. There's no passion. There's no drive. There's no vision. There's no excitement when I walk through the door. Right, honey? We got to get out of the rut. Amen. I'm preaching to my wife tonight for a couple minutes. I mean, you ought to be excited when I walk through the door. Amen. (laughs) We get into a rut. There ought to be some passion there. There ought to be some desire, some some thinking and, and planning for the future. Listen, I, I do counseling and I, I've sat down with husbands and wives and I said, listen, if you would put as much effort into your current relationship as it's going to take for you to build a relationship with somebody else, you could fix the one you have. I mean, what's it going to take for you to build a relationship? You're going to have to start going on dates. You're going to have to start going out to eat. You're going to have to take a whole bunch of time. You're going to be calling them on the phone. You're going to be writing them notes. You're going to be getting cards and picking up flowers and and dropping off ice cream. You're going to be doing all that to build a relationship with some stranger when you could just invest that into your relationship now. All it takes is getting out of the rut. We get into our comfort zones and Stop living with drive. You know, I, uh, this time of year, we're coming into the close of the year. The new year is a time to, to break out of the rut. Amen. We look at the new year as a new chance, a new window to start again, to get up to bat one more time. And You know, I know some people that's very discouraging because you have failed so many times in the past. I'm just glad that we have a God of second chances. And that God is willing anytime we're ready to to get up to bat and to try again. But you don't have to wait all the way till January 1st to break out of your rut. You can do it right now. Get a head start. Get a jump on the new year. You know, talking about identifying your rut, I'm going to get personal here for a second, is uh, 
for the first time in my life, I got serious about losing weight. Because in my mind, I finally reached the point where I said, I have a problem. My pants are too tight. My, my clothes are uncomfortable. Yeah, I could go have them altered and let them out and all that, but what, that is just leading down a path that I don't want to go. And I've played around with different diets over the years, done little things here and there, but never seriously said, you know what, I'm going to lose some weight. And so far, I've lost 25 pounds. I've got some more to go. Yeah, praise God. I can't tell you how laborious this has been. I still have some more I want to go, but you know what? I had to get to the place where I was finally fed up. And I said, this, this is it. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to sacrifice I'm going to do what I have to do. We're going to find a way. You've got to identify the problem. And then you have to initiate a response. In verse number 47, he says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You have to take a step of action. You have to initiate a response. You have to do something about it. I found out or determined in my mind, as I had done many years before, that I needed to lose some weight. This would be a worthwhile ambition. Amen. But it wasn't until I got real serious about it. And I said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to get into this book. I'm going to memorize some scripture. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to do what I know I need to do to get out of the rut that I'm in. That's what he's saying. He says, hey, have mercy on me. Get fed up with your current condition. Get discontent with the rut that you're in, and you'll make a difference. You'll make a change. Beloved, no one offered to help him. Matter of fact, some people tried to stop him. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. They said, hey, why are you making a big fuss? Things are okay. You're doing all right. Things are comfortable. There's no need for you to to put all this effort in. By the way, let me just throw this out, husbands and wives. If If one of you begins to start to make an effort, please, the other one, don't throw cold water on that. Please don't throw cold water on that. And please don't mock and make fun of it. You're going to shut it down. You're going to cut it off at the past. They're trying to do something to build your relationship. And you're like, well, what's the occasion? Why are you doing that? You haven't done anything in 24 years. Why would you bother tonight? He's trying. Or she's trying. Whatever it is, let it happen. Don't throw cold water on it. He was crying out and said, Lord, Jesus, son of Nazareth, hey, have have mercy on me. And people said, hey, be quiet. You're going to bother the master. We know, of course, that you're never bothering the master. Don't let others stop you from breaking out of your rut. Just do what you know God wants you to do. Listen, beloved, if this man would have listened to the others, he would have lived the remainder of his days in darkness. But not only that, he would have spent an eternity in a place called hell. Because by coming to Christ in faith, God healed his eyes, but he saved his soul. 
you know, remaining in your rut is too high of a price to pay for what others think of you. You know, this man didn't care what other people thought. He's in a crowd of people and he calls out and said, hey, have mercy on me. Let me ask you tonight, how many of you, don't, don't raise your hand, don't do anything right now, but let's just say uh, God is speaking to your heart. How many of you right in the middle of the message are going to stand up and say, God has convicted me of the rut that I'm in and I need deliverance tonight. How many of you are going to do that? That's what he did. In a crowd of people, he said, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how uncomfortable I am. I don't care how hard it is. I can't stay here anymore. I've got to get to an old-fashioned altar and talk to God Almighty and make a change in my life because the rut I'm in is killing me. He said, I'm going to do it. And he didn't worry about what people thought or what other people were going to, how other people were going to respond. Don't let other people keep you from breaking out of your rut. He wanted to see the change, and he cried out the more. Notice that he didn't make any excuses when he came to God. He didn't try and blame it on somebody else. He didn't try and curse the crowd that hindered him from getting to Christ. He just stated his need. Beloved, there's far too much blame going on today. Blaming the rut on everybody else. Blaming the problem on somebody else and some other situation and, and what happens. And it's always somebody else's fault today. But he just came and he stated his condition to the Lord and said, I want to see. It's going to take you stepping out of your comfort zone, maybe, to break out of your rut. You've got to initiate a response, start to do something. Bring about that change that you desire. Jesus heard his cry and he stopped. Jesus will hear your cry if you'll call out to him. If you'll identify the rut and initiate a response, God's going to respond. A lot of times we're just comfortable where we're at. We're okay where we're at. We're fine. We sing. I mean, I don't, I don't drag out the invitations here. I've been in some, some churches, the invitation, you know, 16 verses of just as I am. I figure, you know what, if, you, if you're ready to respond to God, you don't need 16 verses. God's speaking to your heart and you're tender and you're, you're submitted to him that when that pianist begins to play... You're going to respond. You're going to do what God wants you to do. We don't, we don't need 16 verses to do what God wants. This man rose up. He cast away his garment. He rose and he came to Jesus. Beloved, take responsibility for the rut that you're in. Come to Christ and beg him to make a difference. And start building that change in your life. Lastly, this evening, if you're going to break out of a rut, you need to imagine a reality. Imagine a reality. It is to get a vision of what you could be doing. This man didn't have sight. 
And I can imagine as he sat there and his friends described the crowd that was passing by or maybe of an evening they were talking and his friends described the beautiful sunset setting down over the city. In his mind's eye, he pictured those things. And he, when he heard Jesus was around, he thought, you know what? I'm going to be able to see that. I'm going to be able to experience that for real. I'm going to be able to have that as part of my life. That, that is going to be something I'm going to be able to do. He imagined, but he saw a reality of what could be by putting his faith in Christ and stepping out and calling on God. And Jesus said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. You know, beloved, I don't think it's a real normal thing in that day for someone to receive their sight. I don't think it's something that was kind of uh, happened all the time. And I don't know what it was that happened in blind Bartimaeus' life. If Maybe he had heard about somebody else in the New Testament in another city or another place. He had heard the story about God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, giving mend their sight. But whatever it is, he had enough belief to believe that it was possible that God could do this. And he called on the Lord to receive his sight. Sometimes it's going to take a miracle for you to get out of your rut. But do you have enough faith to come to him and ask him to help you break out of the rut? There have been many who needed to make a change, but they just didn't believe it was possible. If this man didn't believe that Christ could give him his sight, he wouldn't have called out. And I know, because I've been there, I know that all of you have been there, in the place in your life where you know you needed to make a change, but in your heart and mind you thought, well, I can't do it. I can't, I can't have victory in that area. I can't make ch that change. That, that is something I've thought about, but it's not going to happen because I can't do it. Could you imagine a reality where a miraculous thing with the power of God could allow you to make that change in your life? It's possible, because with God, all things are possible. Whatever the Savior has been dealing with you about, will you do it tonight? Will you break out of the rut? That you inadvertently, not, not, not planning to, it's just part of the habit of life we allow ourselves to get into. Would you break out of the rut tonight?